0: everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Serial, the show that celebrates the themes of Saturday Morning TV, which not only did we grow up with, they've also been growing up with us. Uh, And uh, this week, we are doing exactly what we promised to do, and we are talking about Saturday Morning Cartoons and how they've grown up. uh, And we are doing that with a lot of help from our friend and our our lucky interviewee this week, uh, Aaron Augenblick of Augenblick Studios. Uh, you'll hear more about him and from him very soon. But first, hey, I bet you're wondering who the fuck do I think I am. It's me, Dan Grimshay. I'm your host. Uh, I've also got a full house here. Uh, Marquis, e, sound off. I bet you're here. Yo, 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 I am here. Ready to party. Yeah, that guy never misses one. Uh, hey, hey, Johnny Heck, you're on board, right? We've been getting you a lot lately. You're still here.
1: Hey yo, yeah, you know, it's like we're pitching a no-hitter, man, don't bring it up, I might not show up next time
0: Okay, and uh, it's like a weird threat, uh, but <laughs> what what the heck, Jimmy the Gentleszinski, I bet you're here too This is the sound of my voice Alright, all of us together, and I'm so glad, you guys are probably wondering why I called you uh, I've got to start with some late-breaking news uh in the sense that this happened a while ago and I'm late in breaking it to you. Uh, it's sort of sort of sad but sort of sweet uh and it very it it touches close to home. Uh do you guys remember the uh the classic Saturday morning uh uh cartoon studio Ruby Spears.
2: Ruby Spears, yes.
0: Yep, right after like uh Hanna-Barbera they cranked out all kinds of stuff. It was started by two guys named uh, uh Joe Ruby and Ken Spears. And these are the two guys who created uh, Scooby-Doo over at Hanna-Barbera. So, and apparently doing something like that gets you crowned royalty in the world of cartoons. You know, the Saturday Morning Group, they managed to, back in 77, big year for entertainment, 77, they started their own studio, and that's the uh, 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 Spears, Ruby, Ruby Spears, made all of the one or two hit you know, season wonders, the Mr. T's, the Gary Coleman's, the police academies, all, uh, also some, some favorites. I know Marky, e, you were a big, th- uh, Thundar, the barbarian. That's them. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, anyway, they have, uh, the, the studio itself, uh, broke up, got sold off to like, uh, uh, I don't know, CNN or something back in the nineties. But these two guys, Joe Ruby, Ken Spears, kept working together developing cartoons their entire lives and they just passed away uh Joe Ruby passed away natural causes nothing nefarious uh or even <clears throat> covid related that i'm aware of but just old age finally got Joe Ruby back in August uh and then Ken Spears uh just about 7 weeks later in early November passed away also of natural causes just like John wow. Adams and uh and, and Thomas Jefferson kind of you know yeah. these two guys were literally developing stuff with Joe Spears in the hospice care at like 85 years old
2: <laughs> I mean
0: they they these were two Korean war vets before they ever even knew what animation was and then they get this job together meet up and they pitch this Scooby-Doo show uh, and the rest is is history. They spent the rest of their lives from then on just making kids cartoons. Korean War Vets, mind you. Yeah. On top of that. That is, that is, they they had no, I, I don't know if they ever felt the need to apologize at a cocktail party.
2: Well, like, and that's oh, also... Oh, you're, you're a heart surgeon? Well, I invented Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that's, yeah, they're... The, all of their Ruby Spears um, uh, stuff was all in addition to all their Hanna Barbera stuff that they had already done too. Yeah, exactly. So, so, they yeah, already so come just, up through that and made Scooby Doo. Yeah, uh, among other things. <laughs> yeah, you're, but yeah, you're you're right. And they they had. Um, I'm actually looking at a list right now. Uh, they yeah, had, give me some give me some IMDb reading here. IMDb reading. Here we go. Cue the music. Uh, they had, had uh, uh, Fang Face. Goldie Gold and Action Jack, The Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show, Thundar the Barbarian, my personal favorite, Rubik the Amazing Cube. They had Alvin <laughs> They made a Chipmunks. cartoon out
0: of Rubik's Cube. They yeah. knew what they were doing.
2: <laughs> the stupidest video game in the world deserved a great cartoon. Uh, yeah. You uh, can Mr. still T- <laughs> get rich selling fool's gold. They knew it. <laughs> Mr. T, which was an amazing cartoon. Uh, it came at just the right time. Mr. T was peak television. Uh, the little
1: white kid that dressed up like him. Yep. That yeah. That was the best part of that <laughs> <It> show.
3: <was>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Centurions. Uh, and he also did the 1988 Superman series. So uh, he's got some DC cred. And yeah. he did, um, I believe we were talking about this off, off mic, but I don't know if you guys uh, out there in the audience remember this, but the popularity of eight or nine movies uh, did find its way to Saturday morning cartoons, thanks to the creative power of Rudy Spears Productions. But the Police Academy, you know, yeah, police Academy, Hooks and, hooks and <laughs> Tackleberry. <laughs> yeah, they, they had their own Saturday morning cartoon. Um, and, you know, it's all because of this guy, you know, be, because of these guys. Um, these guys. So,
0: and, I mean, what a relationship. Uh, you talk about that. That's... They now they kept making, I believe. I don't know what they contributed to in their later years after I, you know, was done with high school, et cetera, by the late 90s. But these guys, I think, were just doing basically they wanted to do kids' cartoons. Uh, culture, however, there's plenty of kids' cartoons going on now. I know that you parents out there, you're aware of that. But there are so many adult cartoons and have been for a long time. It's not like. It's not even a thing, like a gimmick, like when The Simpsons first came out, or Futurama. Like, here's the new gimmick. It's an animated show. You just do a show that's animated.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, and anything like and everything. Zero stigma. As, as Mark read, whatever was out there <laughs> in, in entertainment, Rubik's Cube, make it a fucking cartoon. Like, they were daring <laughs> you to not watch. Police Academy, do it. Mr. T, why not? I mean... It, they did like one for Mega
0: Man, Pac Man, They did even video games. They were like, "Let's jump
2: on it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could make it into a serial, you can make it into a yeah. cartoon. That's what yeah. they're. Yeah, I, like, that they I like to
1: think it. these two guys, these 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 veterans, are just sitting around doing shots and going, "You want know to be hilarious? Rubik's Cube cartoon. Let's <laughs> do it." <laughs> <laughs> and then they just pitched it, and they're like. All right, you guys have been doing this for a long time Do they just walk in with like guns just dangling from their hips, you know, like,
3: from, like a cute cartoon.
2: <laughs> well, they they're actually and I I have no way to do the research in the next uh, 2 minutes, but um there used to be a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. This was I don't think this was a Saturday morning thing, but uh there was a, there was a a Hanna-Barbera where it was like this great race.
3: Oh, and it yeah. was like
2: um and it was Blacky Races. Yeah, is that what it was? And it was just basically like, yeah, like yeah, all just, the your evil here, Marky. It was <laughs> all of the evil Hanna Barbera characters versus all of the good Hanna Barbera characters, and it was like a race across the U.S., kind of Smokey and the Bandit style. Um, yeah,
3: yeah they, yeah, they
0: were like little interstitial bits to their larger cartoons. I always assumed that the name of that was the Cartoon Express. That because it was be. on the cartoon express block i think
2: <laughs> and i only
0: got to see that every now and then because i believe it was through cable
2: but i wonder how many of those characters are from ruby and Spe- you know from ruby spears like not it's sure. like i'm sure they they had a, a lot to do with that and it's it's not even and again i have no research on this whatsoever i'm just kind of thinking of it out out loud. But yes. it's a it's a, a, a better prepared um, show would tell you whether or not they did. But
3: we just like to <laughs> Well, Dick I'm just Dastardly, saying, like it's a.
1: <laughs> Dick Dastardly what? and Muttley were the fucking jam, dude. Those, uh, I yeah. was rooting for them to yep. win, but they never yep. did. Yep.
2: Um, I just like how. Uh, oh, by, by the way, the the bad guys would win from time to time on that. Um, but I just think it's a good example of just what the. Kind of brevity of the characters that came out of that think tank, like it was just like you just saw them all, and they all they all hung on to their character traits, and the way that those character traits built into the story that they were telling, you know, in this race, you know, um, it was like a variety show of Hanna Barbera characters. It was really mm-hmm. something else, uh, like
4: you know, an all star.
0: Yeah, the Avengers.
4: The Avengers.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to think about oh, it. Oh, I was thinking League. more like uh, about that, that
0: old uh, Battle of the Network Stars show,
2: something like that. I didn't want you know? to give it as yeah. much credence yeah. as
0: an Avengers kind of moment.
2: <laughs> I why not?
0: That's this that's better, a, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but you know what they 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 did so well, and I feel like if there was a real story, like if there was a schism between Hanna Barbera and them. They're like, screw it, let's get out of here, you know, like early 90s Disney style or Don Bluth or something. But I don't think it was. I think it was they were like, I think we are good enough, we can leave. Mm -hmm. And they supported them, and they had their own studio. I mean, it's not like they were sitting there coming up with all of these ideas. They were probably just sitting in an office saying, oh, yeah, kids are spending money on Mega Man. All right, make a cartoon. Well, what do you think is the... And hey, you know what? Not just that. I know a guy who's got his own animation studio. Uh Today, uh, Ah. things are a little different. But he's been doing this since the 90s. Uh, I'm not saying that they passed the baton to him. Especially because there's about eight or nine years between them selling theirs and him starting his. But anyway, I'm talking about our super guest today, Aaron Augenblick... Uh, You can catch his most recent work out on Netflix right now, and you probably need to because it's uh, beginning of 2021, not going so great already. But Netflix has Mm -hmm. you covered with a new series called uh, Headspace based on the uh, wildly popular meditation app, also called Headspace. Um, If you know the app, then you're probably already familiar and you don't need the app, pull it up on Netflix. They're just little... Uh, Half-hour cartoon, easy on the eyes, easy on the ears, history of meditation followed by a little guided meditation session. You don't even have to believe in anything to just do it. It helps. It's breathing exercises, whatnot. But that aside, Aaron Augenblick grew up with us. And that's why we talked to him. Me and Jimmy got on the phone with him, talked to him for about an hour. Guy was gushing right out of the gate. He's telling us about he loves the snorks. And if you say that, I know we're we're common we're common denominator Big f- here. Big fan of animation. Yeah. So I, I would say without any further ado, uh, and as a matter of fact, I should have just cut right to this. I'm sorry I called you guys in. Magic interview machine. Let's hear our talk with Aaron Blick.
3: Meanwhile Aaron's on
4: the line.
0: Oh hey, hey Aaron! Thanks, Emily. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Hey, how are you? Good, good. What's oh, happening? Oh, you know, just uh, just just figured we'd kill a little time before this uh, quarantine's over by doing an interview.
5: <laughs> it seems like the most important thing in the world right now is a, a cartoon show.
0: Well, that's mm-hmm. you can't you can't the stop most the wheels.
5: possible thing we could discuss. <laughs> well, <I'm>, let's try.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you're still willing. <laughs> Uh I'm, uh, I'm. Oh, I
5: will. I will happily do that.
0: Oh, perfect. That you. You are our man. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm Dan yeah. wanna, Shea, wanna... by the way. Uh, and you. Yeah, you're hey, also going to hear Jimmy lazinski's voice. Uh, give him a sample, Jimmy. Okay. Hey, Aaron. How you doing? This is the sound of my voice.
5: <laughs> is that pre-recording or is that an actual human person?
0: <laughs> That's that actual human.
5: A uh, little column A, oh, little
0: column B from good. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... That's great. <laughs> Um, nice and uh, so uh, we're this is an internet radio show, uh, uh, come podcast, so there are no rules. If you feel like cursing is going to help yeah. you, do it. Uh, if long rambling stories are your thing, I probably won't stop you, so uh, feel free and just cut loose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and no,
5: I, I've listened to this show, it's 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 great, it's hilarious. I mean, there's not many people that oh, that's mix one reference, so uh, <laughs> yes.
3: Awesome! So, oh, happy, thank you. Happy
5: Aaron. to be a part of that. Well, excellent, Juan. Well, you want to case... talk Snorks? You got it. Snorks, Care Bears. I'm, I got it all. Oh
0: <laughs> man, this is going to save a lot of lifting on my part because I I always struggle to describe <laughs> what the show is, uh, and it, I felt yeah. it was important with somebody with such a such a big player in animation that I get it right. So I'm glad you took that uh, that burden off me.
5: Well, it's like it's it, the sh- opening of the show is almost like your mission statement. I mean, it's like if you're going to hear "Land of the Lost" and the Snorks, <laughs> yeah. it's like this is either for me or not. <laughs> I mean, he got the Snorks reference that
0: touches me. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> I mean, listened, I appreciate. It. It feels
5: like I'm not so alone in the world when I, when I hear that someone knows what the Snorks are. Right. That's
0: that's high praise coming from uh, from a guy who's been running his own <laughs> animation studio. Really. Since That's what I do. I think I was still watching some of those shows in uh, in reruns and syndication. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. So hell, let's talk about why. What uh, personally, we're as you know, we're always trying to draw a straight line between Saturday morning cartoons and pop culture today. It seems like you've kind yeah. of been drawing that line. What? How did That's you end job. up animating? That's
5: literally my job. Literally yeah. drawing that You're, line. You're, you're stealing my entire job from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading your business card but here, honestly, man. Well written. I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm seriously, um, you know, I, I'm obsessed with uh, cartoons and I'm obsessed with pop culture. And I love it when you can use cartoons to, you know, touch on deeper, weirder. Interesting subjects. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I think maybe it's growing up like with The Simpsons. Maybe that that sort of gets ingrained in you. But I, you know, and uh, honestly, I actually think growing up, <clears throat> the combination of like The Simpsons and Roger Rabbit, almost like Ooh. set me on a course uh, that that <laughs> that, for better or worse, is what <laughs> I still do to this day. He's which still... is, I mean, I almost see like what we do is is almost like existential cartooning. Do you know what I mean? Like so, like. You know, Roger Rabbit, seeing Roger Rabbit at a young age, you immediately realize, oh, there's like there's more to this than just meets the eye. Right. It's like there's a fourth wall there where, you know, characters can know who they are and and know their own limitations. And, you know, I can do it, but only if it's funny. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the idea that cartoon characters can die by just people not being interested in them. Right. Like all those things. You know, really led to what 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 I became really interested in in animation, and you know, luckily early on in my studio's career, I got to do a few shows that established that interest. Like Wonder Shows was definitely in that zone. Um, you know, the the idea of like taking these like especially '80s uh, animation tropes and then using them to comment on you know, politics and racism and violence and war and all like the darkest things, but doing it with this kind of candy coating, uh, is just what I love to do the most. That's that, you know, I, I think that's the exact
0: magic balance that I love so much about, uh, ugly Americans just absolutely sure. love that show yeah. because it was, it was a cartoon, sure. but it was really satirical. It was really, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the just the visual language of it. It's it's yeah, it's the magic great. of I animation, I guess. It's you know, your your yeah. mind imagines Ugly. in animation rules. Aaron, you
4: <laughs> not well, that. You know... You knocked out about uh, four or five of my questions. Four <laughs> out of five of
3: my
5: questions oh, sorry. Right I, so, You, you so gave me, me pass to ramble earlier. <laughs> right, right, so Making it easy on Use me. Uh, if you want someone to ramble about animation, I can do it. I love but, it. Uh, I'm here, I'm here
4: try for try it. I but, will
3: try but, not to. But, but, no,
4: but, but backpedal real yeah. quick. One, one, yeah, is there sure. an animator or a style that you think you emulate and try to present in your work?
5: We hop around a lot. You know what I mean? Because – you know, every show you need to visualize it to work with the specific language of the show, right? Like there's a reason with, with Ugly Americans, for example, you know, that was a show based on horror tropes, right? It was like, my roommate is a zombie. My girlfriend is a demon, you know, um, my best friend is a wizard. So it was a lot of like horror tropes. So, you know, this was created by Devin Clark and Devin Clark, you know, like like me, is really interested in, you know, comics and cartoons and horror. So we really quickly zeroed in on the well, the best way to do this is actually not to be that cartoony at all, and to do it in a more of a play it straight with kind of an EC Comics look, right? So we we talked a lot about like the gritty, you know, heavily like use of blacks, inky look of EC Comics, and how much we loved that. And you know, if anybody doesn't know those are like the horror comics, like pre-code. You know, that were really gory, um, Tales from the mm-hmm. Crypt type of stuff, you know, that was happening in in like the fifties, in the sixties. And so we were like, okay, for, for ugly Americans, our concept is, okay, so you know, the whole the, the the United States of America has like monsters as like another class of people, right? So we've got to hit all these like monster tropes, you know, living in the city. So we wanted to make the whole thing look like it was like a living EC comic and play it sort of straight because that's just what works better for the comedy. You know, for it to, for you to feel like, oh, this is what New York City would look like if I went on the subway and there was like a fish man and a bird man and you know, and like five zombies hanging out, like this it kind of had to have a sort of a real feel to it. So like that's the look of that show. Whereas take something else, um, say like Superjail you know, that was a show we did where it was meant to look like you were looking at like a 13-year-old kid's violent sketchbook, right? Some kid that <laughs> draws, you know, shooting arrows into his teacher's head, right? Yeah. So what? Like, so that had like kind of a sketchbook note, you know, like a scratchy line, more of a Beavis and Butthead kind of look. So really, you know, I, I try to fit each style to what I'm working on. And I think the through line is only just what i tend to like <laughs> you know what i mean and i like a lot of cartoons you know i don't particularly like cgi stuff so we don't really do that you know what i mean like i just i really tend to like 2d hand-drawn cartoons so we tend to focus on that so really the through line the, the cartoons i like you know they tend to be you know either underground comics or you know saturday morning cartoons or classic cartoons, the Warner brothers, Disney, you know, the classic Disney, um, obviously like the really fun, funny stuff like tech savory. I also love, love Fleischer. Like I'm obsessed with Fleischer cartoons and Popeye and Betty Boop. So I like a lot of different stuff and I think it all sort of combines into the soup of, uh, of our studio. Uh, how
0: about, uh, the more, I want to say like Don Bluth uh, I mean I guess he's still pretty mm. kind of cartoony but you know I'm picturing sure. like the like the old animated Lord of the Rings and stuff where they're trying to go sort of photorealistic Ralph,
5: Ralph Baskey. yeah yeah Backsheet backsheet's a huge influence because I just like to. I, I like the backsheet like New York city stuff more. Cause I'm a, you know, a, a real, you know, Brooklynite and I like the gritty stuff. We've had my studio running in Brooklyn for 22 years now. So I'm just obsessed with anything that's gotta be that the was made thing about in or in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> it, we, we were, we, we opened the year the Brooklyn bridge was built. so, yeah, <laughs> so that's, We have the co oldest things in, in Brooklyn, but um, I love Bachy cause he, he was, you know, born and raised in New York and, he did all this really great depictions of like Coney Island and you know the, the you know the sketchy parts of the city that I just am kind of obsessed with. So that seventy stuff is great. Personally, I'll be honest, I don't really get into the fantasy stuff that much. Um, Devin did. I know Devin's obsessed with that, like all that Lord of the Rings stuff and all that stuff. I never, I, you know, the the like wizards and knights and stuff. Like I don't really get into that stuff as much. Like I I'm my 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 you know bread and butter was you know, always like the really cartoony stuff, the tech-savory stuff, the you know, the um, you know, like I don't see anything I watched in the '80s, from GI Joe to, you know, we mentioned earlier the Snorks to the even the Care Bears, like all the really crazy stuff. Like that's the stuff I love the most. When it gets too fantasy, that's it's I I kind of tune out a little bit. But I've seen some great stuff too.
4: You're right. I I like. How the snorks are grounded in reality as opposed to but who the. Uh... But it's not <laughs> I magic. The
5: heavy, gritty, real stuff like the snorks. <laughs> right,
4: right. <laughs> Commenting on society. Maybe I missed a level of that. I just looking at the colors.
0: <laughs> oh, the snorks in 70s New York. That was a gritty time.
5: Yes. Yeah, there are snorks that they found in the, uh, in the waters of Coney Island. <laughs> Whether snorks or condoms, one of those two things. Snorks. That,
4: explain, <laughs> that explains like that. a lot. So, um, um, that visual is <laughs> you didn't have to do that,
5: Aaron, damn it. <laughs> I, I, they, I do believe they call those uh, Coney Island whitefish. Never heard that. <laughs> it, I know that if right anybody as well. asks you if you've ever had a Coney Island
4: whitefish, don't say yes. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: Well, that seems like a perfect Secret segue code. into the new Netflix uh, endeavor.
5: <laughs> it's almost the worst segment. <laughs> yeah, you're a lot. It, it's nothing okay. nothing more meditative than swimming amongst used condoms. There's probably nothing less meditative. As your mind um, is going to wander
0: like a condom yeah. on the surf,
5: and that's okay. But, like, honestly, like like you were saying earlier, it's like, you know, with with animation, you know, and animation influences You know, another thing. I, I, you know, I went to art school, and in addition to you know all the all the cartoony kind of candy coated stuff, like you know, I I do I am like to you know to be a a hair more serious. Like I do love fine art, and you know I just I'm obsessed with you know the surrealists and impressionists, and you know I don't get to flex that muscle as much. A lot of the surrealism I do, you know, but um, you know Dali and Magritte are things that kind of pop up every now and then in our our work, but. Um, with Headspace, it was really interesting because they came to us with this challenge of representing the, you know, concepts of meditation, which is like, con- you know, consciousness and mindfulness and, you know, dreaming and sleep, you know, real heady stuff that isn't typically visualized. So, you know, once again, we're put in a position where, okay, how, you know, what's what what visual style is going to best fit um this subject matter. So then we we went deeper into like the impressionist zone. And if you've seen the episodes, you know, they're very they're more influenced by, you know, things like Moreau and Matisse and even like early experimental animation like the Hubleys. You know, we went a little bit deeper, a little more fine art, a little more experimental with that. And uh you know, it was fun. It was a, it was just such a such an exciting fun new thing to try to do this stuff that was a little more conceptual than, than, you know, the more, uh, narrative, uh, you know, comedy work that we, we typically
0: do. Well, did, uh, cause it's, it's totally, I mean, animation seems like the right move because, uh, it's mostly, yeah. you know, it's, it's all about Andy's, uh, ideas and, uh, and his methods. Uh, so you just sort of back him up, but did you ever like bring, a? you know, a draft in to show him, and he just lost his mind, said, you don't get it at all, started throwing chairs around the office or something, and you got to scrap it.
5: <laughs> uh, I, I've i never met Andy. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a meditator myself, and I love Headspace, and I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of their cartoons. I think the cartoons in their app are just really, really gorgeous. Um, we, you know, we did this in uh, conjunction, so it was Netflix, it was Headspace, and it was also Vox. Um, they were the production company. So most of the interaction we had was with Vox. Um, so they did a lot of the legwork as far as, you know, we're not the only animation studio that worked on this show. There was four animation studios. We're one of four and we all split, you know, all the episodes up um, evenly. And, you know, for them, you know, they had to sort of, it was really an interesting approach to the series because it was, you know, they they purposefully wanted us to make our episodes look like Augenblick Studios and not necessarily to be locked into, you know, the style guide from the Headspace app, because they didn't want this to just be, you know, a, you know, you're watching a 20 minute long ad for an app, yeah. right? That would be pretty cheap. And, you know, this is Netflix. They're, they're like, you know, high grade entertainment, like probably some of the highest. So they really wanted to ex- approach this in a more experimental way. So They picked four studios that they were fans of and told all four of them, take your episodes, we're giving you, you know, four of these episodes and interpret them visually in the best way you possibly can see that is true to your own studio style. So that's what we did. So that's what we did. So, you know, most of the back and forth we did was with Vox and they were the ones that sort of were were making sure, keeping the bird's eye view on the show, that everything, you know, had a consistent look, even though everything was being done in a different way.
4: So they just gave you the audio and said, Go crazy. Let's see what Pretty much. Yeah.
5: Pretty much, yeah. And we then, would get the audio in. Yeah. That was and it. And then
4: what and then what's that process? So do you put some headphones on and lay down in your bed and, and maybe sketch what you're thinking or, or, or how do you how do you go from the audio to what we're seeing
0: on the in the yeah, a, in that's a episodes. great question. No. Did you just come to I mean, in the know, desert it, and
5: it was all written before you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we handed
3: out peyote to all the artists,
5: <laughs> and then we, we would ship them out to the desert, and then pick them up a week later, and then the, the animation's done. So it's a really nice system. That's a process, uh, the, but... same, same way we edit the great show. Process. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. the, um, <laughs> interesting enough, you mentioned Ugly Americans earlier, and you know the creator of Ugly Americans, Devin Clark is you know one of my lead creative directors at the studio still and he actually took the lead on directing this show and um so a lot of this came from him he did uh a lot of the thumbnails i think almost all of them um the thumbnails for the show and it you know it really it really was you know we would talk to to um uh vox and and you know get the audio from andy and talk a little bit about the episode and every episode it's free flowing, but there are segments. Like you know, the segments are you know learning about the history of, of meditation and learning about the science of meditation and the process. And there's like little segments, and then it all leads up to an actual meditation that you do. So we would take those segments and brainstorm. We we had a, we had Devin and a couple of our artists. We had a couple lead artists that would just sketch out interpretations of some of the visual ideas. They were just really approaching almost like paintings, right? it was like, what's the best way, you know, I could, you know, represent this line of dialogue or this section where he talks about his experiences in Tibet, like, what's the best look for that segment? And they would jam out like a bunch of inspirational art, they're called style frames. And then we would, you know, present those to the to the client and to Andy and Headspace, and they would tell us what they thought of them. And then from there, we now we had this kind of like inspirational art that we would, you know, that Devin would essentially thumbnail the episodes and connect all the threads together, right, into, you know, just really rough sketches into, like, one long continuous narrative, visual narrative. And then from there, uh, that goes to our animators. So now they have a basic rough storyboard, and they can take it from there and start actually doing, like, the actual full-on color drawings in the animation. So I mean that's that's like the, the the least boring way I hope that I could I could explain what the process was.
0: No, that no I, I, I thank you for walking us through it that way because I knew hmm. at some point you would have to get Andy to sign off on what you were doing.
5: Oh yeah, he seems no, no, chill, but I'm all, sure every every, every level. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things they didn't want to do. You know, like it was it was was interesting, about the show was like they didn't want to have an Andy character. Do you know what I mean? That mm. was really important to them. That like this wasn't a show where there was like a little cartoon Andy walking around, you know, talking to us, you know, like Mr. Magoo or something, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they didn't want it to like have that kind of corniness. And also, was was that kind of like, uh,
0: like your instinct though, or like maybe all the animation houses, first thing they said was, okay, how should we draw you? He had to say, well, think
5: about it. It's like how many animated shows have you seen where there's no characters? (laughs) <laughs> you Wait, yeah. it's almost the most important passage of every show we do it's like okay who's the main character you know it's like who who are the, who are the people that we're going to be looking at every episode and yeah, you're on the risk this, of making a powerpoint awesome. instead of a cartoon like that i see a hundred percent and it was really important that it didn't feel that way it didn't feel like a powerpoint or some sort of instructional manual for meditation which is an instant tune out so it was really interesting because the first thing they said was like we don't want to have like andy represented in any way. Right. So everything every even though every episode is going to have the through line of him talking to us often about himself and his own experiences. But you can't ever show him. Right. So as soon as like it's interesting because sometimes you get these things and they may seem like a limitation, but it ends up being largely freeing because it opens you up to say, okay, if we're not going to be talking about a main character, what can we show? And then it just became a much more conceptual um uh, visual representation that way, you know what I mean. So it's like if you're not going to have a one, one guy talking to you, then it's more about presenting ideas than it is character or narrative. So it, it was really interesting. So so yeah. So they, I mean, they obviously had very very specific opinions of like what they wanted to do with the show and a lot of what you know a lot of what they didn't want to do. Um, so it was just all about like you know finding that good good zone where like we're being you know we're we're supporting the narrative which which would be just the the, the audio from from Andy and being interesting but now so interesting that you're going to be distracting so it's tricky but fun
0: well also the uh the end like the last third of each episode is just a guided meditation um yep. i i didn't watch the entire series uh but i do know i think i found the uh, uh in uh one of the ones that you you guys did, you had just this you know, this contracting and expanding uh, mm-hmm. ring to represent the breathing, right? And it became hypnotic. Right. Uh, by the end, I think I had, wasn't listening to Andy. I was just so focused on is that just a coffee cup stain that they used or something? Like I found myself <laughs> drawn into that, but I think that's kind of the point, right?
5: Hopefully, I mean that was <clears throat> that was one of the trickier challenges we got. Was that, you know, with the actual meditations, was, you know, they told us, okay, for this, the, the, you know, the, the second or the, the last third of the show, you know, we're going to have a meditation in which, you know, we actually want the viewer to be meditating. So therefore, the goal would be that they're going to close your eyes and not watch your cartoon. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I've never had any, I mean, it's always obviously makes, a like, makes it a
3: little thing, easier. Makes it a little easier. The
5: you. last thing you want. <laughs> the last thing you want is for someone to look away from what you're doing, right? right. So, uh, but but the problem was, you know, it was it like we couldn't just go go to black on the screen. This isn't Netflix, right? It's like Prime Entertainment, and you know, it can't you can't just turn off somebody's somebody's show. So there had to be something there that was going to look really amazing and and fit the concept of meditation, but not be something that's so interesting. Uh, or or in any way riveting or intriguing that you're going to want to open your eyes to watch it, right? So really what we were trying to do was basically create an animated lava lamp, you know, like mm. something that's there that feels nice to be in the room, but you're not going to necessarily, you know, sit there and watch it. I mean, I guess you're, unless you're stoned. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> you, you didn't see me too, coming. But uh, no judging. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was really interesting too. But yeah, they, I mean, that was, that's the idea. Like, you know, you know that it was something that's just supposed to sort of wash over you, and you don't really have to think about that much. Or hopefully, you're not thinking at all. Would be the goal of
0: meditation. Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty close to that by the end there. Uh, and then, you know, a uh, spoiler alert: if you guys haven't seen the show Nirvana, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tr- I tried to watch the you series.
5: Spoiled but... <laughs> the last episode that we all Nirvana. Can't
0: believe it. Ah, uh, well, I, I threw the I threw the alert out. Uh, But this, I mean, this is, this is almost suspiciously well-timed, you know, uh, the meditation special for all of America on the number one most popular video streaming app just happens to come out uh, right now. Is this something you guys had in the works and then you said, oh, 2020 has been rough, let's rush it? Or did you get together late summer and say, this is the time for it?
5: They approached us in, let's see, like early last year um, about the entire idea of it. I do believe, and and you know, and I'm not privy to any of these conversations, but I do believe it is something that was fast tracked once the year became what it was, which is the you know, hugest dumpster fire in the <laughs> history of the world. Uh, I do think that Netflix purposefully said, "Let's fast track this." show because it's important that it's like going to be a good thing for people to watch because, you know, obviously the the world is in, incredibly stressed out and uh, they could use some meditation and the timing of it, uh, you know, dropping on January 1st, uh, it, it was definitely something that was purposeful. Well, well I, I would hate to think of and, the state of this country without it.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm. <laughs> we, you know, the, the the whole thing is, you know, now that, it's up and people can see it. I'm just hearing so many people talking about the fact that, you know, they didn't know that much about meditation. It was something that was interesting to them, but they never, you know, would buy the app or whatever. And the fact that people are, you know, able to experience this and hopefully get some calm from watching it. Cause it is the way we constructed it was that like the animation was meant to be, calming overall. Like even just watching the show should give you a sense of calm. Like we tried to put didn't you know we didn't do any like jarring colors or cuts. I mean, our episodes have virtually no cuts in 20 minutes. One, one one scene just flows to the next scene. Hopefully you know the show is almost like just watching a stream go by, right? That was our goal. So the fact that people are are getting a little uh calm from watching it and and you know actually getting to understand a little bit about meditation uh it's really fulfilling. I mean it's 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 different. I might, I it's like you know, given the the work that we've done in the past which you know is mainly, you know, adult swim late night like freak out material, you know, it feels like I'm working, you know, for the forces of good versus evil for the first
3: time in our, our, our <laughs> studio's career.
5: <laughs>
0: well, let's yeah, yeah, take that adult swim.
5: I <laughs> I mean evil in the best possible way. I mean being super funny really dark really <laughs> subversive uh I and believe me that's what we still do every day but uh we get to have this nice little experience of giving people a little sense of, of calm so that's it's it's nice it's 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 definitely uh um mm-hmm.
0: well that's a, and and like i said this if not now then there's really no point to ever being calm so yeah, so thank you good for timing. that uh for sure. I also notice uh I don't know if maybe this is an old release, but you apparently have all kinds of stuff in the pipeline.
3: Yeah,
5: the it's busy. I mean yeah, I mean the silver lining to this nightmare year of twenty twenty is that uh, you know, animation is is extremely busy and our studio is extremely busy. And you know, we we are working, you know, largely remotely uh to stay safe for everyone. But um We have a lot of people working on a lot of really cool things. We have um, uh, one of the bigger things is our new adult swim series called Teenage Euthanasia, uh, which is just starting production now. So hopefully it's going to, maybe people are going to be seeing it by the end of the year. Um, And uh, that's uh, starring Maria Bamford and Joe Firestone and Tim Robinson and a lot of other really cool people. And uh, so we're working on that right now. And, we we've got a couple of other things in the works. We've got a kids thing for PBS. We have uh, a, another couple of things for HBO Max. So we're 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 rocking along. We're having a we're having a good time.
4: Tell me about um Zoolander supermodel. What can what can you uh spill about that?
5: Do you have eight hours? We've got all the time <laughs> you got. <laughs> well, that was the fastest way I could tell this. So we did a really cool cartoon called Zoolander Supermodel that you can watch on CBS All Access. Um, mm-hmm. We had done it. Uh, it Originally, it was to coincide with the Zoolander sequel, which I, I don't know when that was, because it was like six years ago, five years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally it was conceived as a series, a short series. Uh, it was written by a, Michael Colton and John Abood, uh, who are really uh, amazing writers. And um, it was produced by Red Hour, which is Ben Stiller's uh, production company. And it was originally going to be a series that was going to live alongside of the sequel in order to promote the sequel. And through a string of events, <clears throat> we finished before the movie did. And we ended up putting it together into it was so it was so fun they ended up stringing together into just one long movie. So it morphed into over the course of doing a, a an animated short web series, it morphed into sort of its own animated Zoolander feature. So I, I think if I remember correctly, I mean it's a, at least an hour. It's like it might be like an hour and a half, um, maybe a little something like seventy-five minutes, something like that. But it's long, and it's an animated uh, animated comedy starring Ben Stiller, uh, Owen Wilson, all the original cast. Uh, in addition to all these special guest stars, we have the, all the Kardashians are in it, um, Heidi Klum, uh, our narrator is Tim Gunn. There's like a ton of big stars in a Patton Oswalt plays the characters, all these amazing people. And um, <clears throat> it's it's really funny. And then what happened was when we finished it, it sort of got shelved by Paramount because they didn't want it to then compete with the Zoolander sequel right (laughs) Mm. they didn't want to have two zoolander movies coming out at the same time so they put it away and then it's sitting there for years and only got released uh, a year ago and i think it was essentially that cbs all access realized they were sitting on it and said what is this zoolander animated feature that we have you know what's what's been done with this they found it and then they they decided to premiere it so it was kind of a long twisty journey but it's really funny. I'm really proud of it. It's it's essentially the concept is that um, Derek and Hansel are superheroes that use their powers of good looks to fight uh, the evil forces of uh, ugliness and, and fashion and the fashion industry, the dark forces of the fashion industry. And uh, <laughs> it's super funny. And our biggest influence on that was like, you know, obviously like Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the 60s and 70s. So We took a lot of, like, influence from, like, Super Friends and all, you know, the Herculoids and all those kind of cool uh, superhero-y shows um, back then. And uh, it's really fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad that people can finally check it out.
0: Is this the Zoolander sequel we deserve?
3: You I can know, say that I
5: like the Zoolander sequel. Maybe I'm crazy, and I just—I'm a big fan of Ben Stiller, and he was always—he was so great to work with. I think that sh- that movie gets a bad rap. I, I know they spent—they work really hard on it, and I—I uh, I think that is that movie is unjustly uh, 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 ridiculed. I think it's a great movie. I'm taking a stand. Well, okay, well that's much worse movies. <laughs> well, that's fair. Sure, I'll give <laughs> sure. you
0: that. I'll give you that for sure. sure.
4: Not much, a whole lot worse movies that have Zoolander in the title, though. <laughs>
5: <laughs> True. Look, Zoolander—the first one—is one of those things that, like, you know, it's lightning in a bottle. Like, it's just yeah. such a good movie. It's so funny, you know. And it's like, it. If any other incarnations are just really hard to replicate, you know. It's mm-hmm. Tricky. Yeah, I just found
4: out about the supermodel uh, project right as we were doing some research last night. So I'm looking forward to going to watch that probably later this weekend. I'm really looking forward. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah, it's
5: really funny. funny. I mean, the craziest thing for us was that, like, you know, we started working on this thing, and obviously it's Zoolander, so it's it's all about pop culture. So there's just all these, like, you know, stars written into the the episodes. And, like, we were like, oh, we'll get all these great soundalikes. And then, you know, pretty soon, like, Ben Stiller was like, oh, no, you don't do soundalikes. Like, this is Zoolander. He's like, when we did the first one, when we mentioned David Bowie, we didn't get a David Bowie lookalike. We got David Bowie. Like, he was like, we got to get the real people. And I was like, oh, my God. Now I got to get all these people to <laughs> record this stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so now all of a sudden, like, I got to find like find out if the Kardashians can, like, do funny cartoon VO. I, I don't know. So it ended up they did a good job. It was fun.
0: Well, they, well yet another reason for me to get uh no. CBS all access uh
3: <laughs> plug away
0: and it, yeah. and if I'm and if I'm keeping track here you're you're on Netflix you get this on uh CBS uh you get the uh mm-hmm. you get the uh uh HBO Max stuff coming up uh is that is that where yep. teenage euthanasia is
5: going Teenage Euthanasia for Adult Swim, Um, and now that HBO Max and Adult Swim are sort of cohabitating, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I I have a feeling it'll be viewable that way. Um, I know that all of our shows that we've done for Adult Swim are now viewable on HBO Max. You can see the jellies that we did with Tyler, the creator. You can see Super Jail uh, that we did with Christy Caracas. So all that stuff is up there on HBO Max. So it's it's an Adult Swim show. I just have a feeling you may be watching it on HBO Max.
0: Oh, good, because I don't have cable anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly the point. Exactly the point. They figured me out. Uh, all right. Well, I, I feel like you've got to be busy. Uh, you've got a lot going on a lot happening. Yeah. I don't want to keep you yep. too much, but, uh, we do like, especially cause you've been such a great sport. We feel like it's only fair if you have any questions for us, uh, go, go ahead, Aaron, hit a, hit us with them. Uh,
5: so it seems like you guys have a deep dive in, in animation I mean, the obvious is what's, what's your favorite cartoons, but I, what I, what's the cartoons you hate the most? Mm. What do you really hate? Mm. What bugs you? What do you see? And you're like, why do people like that? Is there anything? Is that a bad question? Yeah, no, I don't think that's it a, is. That's a and, great question. And if question. they're my cartoons, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there was this uh,
4: <laughs> meditation thing. It would wrap
3: things up nicely.
0: <laughs> didn't work at uh, all. I got a bloody nose. <laughs> No, uh, you know what I think I uh I'm older now, so I appreciate it. But when I was a kid, the uh the Pink yeah. Panther cartoons really yeah. kind of annoyed me. I didn't know what they were up to and it bothered me that they refused yeah. to speak. And they the Panther himself dialogue, just right? seemed unlikable. None. Yeah, it was just the the what that Mancini score and them right. for like ten minutes at it- a pop.
5: He's a bit of a little rascal.
0: And this was the actual
5: show, not the, uh, the, the, cause they did have it in the movies. Yeah. you talking about the movies or talking about the. TV no, it was show? like
0: a show, but it was, they were small. It seemed like there was interstitial. Yeah. In larger cartoon collections on Saturday right. morning. I think when they would just scrape together old stuff, but I, I think they made more totally. than just the, the, the bits for the movies.
5: I think that was the one they had an Anteater character too. They had yeah. an Anteater. Yeah. Had
4: yeah. One of,
5: like, yeah. Murray Amsterdam or somebody was in the 60s, voice. 70s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, those were all right. We, uh, Yeah. The, the, I love the ones in the movies. The ones in the movies look amazing. Yeah. and That's I think, that UPA look. That like really cool UPA look. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. But no talking is tough when you're a
0: kid. And, it's t- and in the movies, there was enough context. I got it. But I don't think I was familiar right. with the movies. So I didn't know why this little, you know, you know, detective-looking dude was chasing this really smarmy-looking yeah. cat who could bend the laws of physics. I was <laughs> uh, so yeah. And now that I'm Did older, you, uh, I get it. I know what it is. But I think at the time, uh, it, it, that cartoon would come up, and I'd say, "Ah, oh, just change it to the news."
5: <laughs> wow. Did you are you fans of Jeff Koons, the fine artist? Oh yeah, he's one of my. He's one of my favorite fine artists, and he's got that great sculpture of a, a naked girl uh, cradling the pink panther. And they asked him, "Why? Why is this naked girl holding the pink panther? What, what's she doing with him?" And she's like, "What would she? What, 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 what would a naked girl do with the pink panther but have sex with him?" <laughs> <laughs> ah, the artist man. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Uh,
3: but yeah, big panthers. I, the
5: the sixty stuff. I I love the UPA stuff. But it's funny you say that with the with the no talking because it's like, I remember sometimes I'll hate stuff as a kid and then I'll just realize I just didn't understand it. I, a lot of people talk about. Are you guys Tom and Jerry fans? You like Tom and Jerry? Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm a big Tom and Jerry fan. But there's people forget there's like different eras of Tom and Jerry. And, and like, you know, there was, like, the Frizz Freeling version, and then there was the Chuck Jones version, but there was also this really oddball version of Tom and Jerry, and if you know it, you know it, if you don't, I recommend looking it up, which is the later episodes, they started making them, I think, in Denmark, it might be, either Denmark or Sweden, something, um, and there were no – there was no dialogue, obviously – and they were made by by you know a foreign company that wasn't familiar with the Tom and Jerry films at all, uh, and they were they were really psychedelic and they would have Tom and Jerry would fly to the moon and they would like uh, go to like a, a you know a haunted house and do all these things they never did on the show and they're super surreal they're really trippy and uh, I, as a kid they horrified me they were just absolutely terrifying I didn't know why. They're really weird. They're really demented. And then now I went back and watched them and I think they're like some like I think it's my favorite Tom and Jerry. Yeah. It's it takes that.
0: I don't want to say kids are stupid, but maybe I was a stupid kid.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they're 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 not fully formed yet. That's
0: <laughs> saying, right. That's that's what it was. Um, and I, I don't think you I'm know, familiar with those ones. I feel like those would have stood out.
5: Look them up. And the, well the designer was Gene Deach, who's a who's a, a brilliant designer. He used to do a lot of the um sixties uh like record like jazz record covers. Uh so he's got that kind of like jazzy sixties uh pop art sort of style. So I highly recommend checking them out. But it's true. It's like you see stuff in your kid and it, it irks you and you don't even know why. It's interesting.
3: <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the the old as a kid, the old Star Trek. I mean, I loved Star Trek. I loved the stories, yeah, but that old season? I, I want to say, filmation animated series.
5: Oh, the animated one,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> right, where
4: they were where they were yeah. like, they were like maybe shooting one frame per minute. Aside from the mouth flaps, <laughs> yeah. and it and it was a lot of times yes. just a reverse of the same picture. You know, if it was especially if Captain Kirk's talking, they could only flip that picture so many t- i mean now i kind of yeah. understand that it. it's economical storytelling right but as a kid i was just like it's the same picture it's like <laughs> they don't do anything i love star trek but they don't do
5: anything yeah it's like when you start making animation you 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 get less angry at that kind of stuff right? Right. you know what i mean cuz you're like right, oh, right. right right because the more i learned about it they probably it, yeah. had no budget at all they had to crank out i'm sure you know, whoever made it, I don't even know who made that show, but was probably like, oh, we got to capitalize on Star Trek,
2: crank this stuff out quick,
5: get it out there, you know, and they didn't have any time to make it good, you know. And, like, it's it's funny, like, I, you know, I, I'm obsessed with, like, He-Man, right? Like, I love He-Man, you know, but it's just an awful-looking show. I mean, almost everything yeah. about it is terrible, but it's really great to watch. It's really fun, and I it was, like, my favorite show when I was a kid. It was really fun, but, you know, I went, I went back and found there was, like, um, interviews with the people that made He-Man. And when you when you hear them talk about it, you know it's like they were their their output they were putting out like a hundred episodes a year. Yeah, they were yeah. like ranking <laughs> these things out. And in addition, you had I guess it, it would have been Hasbro, maybe. Um, you know, just e- every other week they're sending them toys to sell. Oh, can you write an ep? Make an episode where there's a you know a hovering octopus. You know what I mean? Like oh, can you <laughs> you do this thing? Right. This guy, his face, it sucks on the wall. We need an episode about him. Yeah. I mean, imagine writing a hundred episodes of a show in one year, where you've got these kind of bizarre, you know, directions that you have to do. I mean, it's like what they pulled off in retrospect—that they made something that stood the test of time—is actually quite admirable. <laughs> like I'm like <laughs> now, I used to laugh at He Man; I think it was terrible. Now I'm like actually impressed by it. I think they did a great job because it's it's fun to watch.
4: Yeah, the volume of work that they put out in that time frame, like you said, to to learn that. Uh, a, a similar example, as a kid, I'm like, how many times can they show this rotoscoped E-Man pulling out his sword? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I get the transformation. <laughs> yeah, that one should be the same every time. But he's, you know, it was the same. I was, I'm remembering the same rotoscoped sh- shot of him. But to do that many episodes, they're just like, oh, yeah, give me rotoscope E-Man. And then uh, a flying octopus,
0: right?
3: And uh, <laughs> and
5: right, the producer says, all right, shot. well, that
0: added five seconds. You need it's, twenty-one and a half. There's
5: one more. shot they use every time of He-Man running and changing directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see it. Yeah. It's it's in your brain there somewhere. Yeah. It's it's now a part of your DNA, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, I I love that. We did a segment for uh, Wonderson uh, called He Bro, which was uh, about a Hasidic guy that when he uh, holds out his sword, he becomes African American and uh it <laughs> was really funny how, how are we spelling and that, that? he, he bro, like hebrew uh hebrew uh and uh, that was when wonder shows and really funny segment and uh that was a, so fun that was we just deconstructed he-man and that's right like sort of my appreciation for he-man grew because i started you know, tr- you know we're doing a parody you know so i wanted to really understand how it worked and you know we found all those rotoscope shots and you know all those painted backgrounds and like just little little touches that you see when you watch that stuff. It's like like you know they, they were making so many episodes, they wouldn't take care of the cells very well. like they yeah. didn't care. like this was essentially like kids' junk, so they would just leave the cells out on the ground and it had dirt on them. so you can if you watch e man, you can feel it. it's like dirt and debris and little pieces of tape and you know, crap like. So like like just even just like when we did the animation we just like put an overlay of just grime on the episodes and somehow like in your subconscious mind it just connects like it just works it makes you remember he-man and you don't even see it really but it's like it's 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 subconscious somehow you know all those little all those little touches so that that was a lot of fun
0: Yeah there is a there's a love note you know to uh to to the way saturday morning cartoons were made and uh, sure. like when you make something intentionally look like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm thinking like uh, what, one of the best, well, I shouldn't even try and play favorites in community, but one episode of Community where they, it was a tribute to the old G.I. Joe cartoon. Yeah. And they were hitting every right. note so perfect, you know, about, you know, saying what was wrong, what the limitations were with that world. But it was done lovingly. And I, I still want to
5: live in the old G.I. Joe world. Totally. I mean, I, you know, I I don't think they do it as much anymore. Maybe they do. But, in, you know, I went to art school and like in art school, usually first year, what they'll do is they'll just literally have you copy like the great artists or at least do your best to copy it. You know, they'll they'll give you like a Van Gogh or a Rembrandt and just say, OK, copy this, see what you can do. And you know, people don't like it now because it feels like, you know, who wants to copy things and people are a little more individualistic, but I think it's great. Like I think it's a really interesting exercise to have to copy something and deconstruct it and understand it. Um, you know, I, I find it really, really fruitful in everything that we do you know, we, you know, I'm like, like we, we've been talking about, like I'm a big fan of animation history. So whenever we start anything, you know, I, you know, I do a deep dive into like what's come before us that, you know, either could be good reference for us or could be a good influence or maybe it's similar to what we're doing. So maybe we don't want to be like it and just be aware of what's come before and let that, you know, sort of usher us into whatever new cartoon that we're doing. So, I, almost everything we do, I keep like a foot in the past and a foot in the future. Is what I try to do, and and a lot of that just comes from you know appreciating the the animation that 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 we already like sort of have ingested in our lives. Well,
0: you know, we, we grew up with it, and it's been growing up with us. That's, that's it's the there. tagline. I had to say that for the producer, and uh, and, and you <laughs> you made the point this time, so thank you.
4: Aaron, um thank you. In a in a in a brand new world, you've got access to any license or any IP that you can get your hands on. What would you like to reboot or bring back into the uh focus of the con- the consciousness
5: uh, of America? That's tough. I you know, I'm like I said, I'm a big Fleischer fan. Uh you know, it's it's one of the few remaining like New York City uh, cartoons that still sort of looms large, obviously like Popeye and Betty Boop. But I'm a really big fan of Coco the Clown, which, if you're not familiar, was like some of the earliest animation ever mm-hmm. made. It was made in like the 20s and the 30s, and uh, you know, it was it was literally the story behind Coco the Clown was that the Fleischer brothers, sorry Fleischer, there are two brothers, and um, one of them, while they were you know getting their animation studio off the ground, was still his you know had to go back and forth to his day job,
3: <laughs>
5: and his day job was he was a Coney Island clown. Huh. so he came home from work one day, dressed up as a clown, and his brother said, "Hey, I'm trying to figure out you know how this new thing animation works. I don't really understand it, whatever. I think you got to draw it you know page by page. He goes, "Do me a favor, dress up as a clown. I'm gonna trace you you know a couple couple drawings of you. I'm gonna trace you, and then you know we're gonna you know see see if it moves." So literally some of the first animation ever made was one brother tracing photographs of his own of his his other brother you know as a clown and that became Coco the Clown and he was arguably the first animated film star and uh you know I I just I love those cartoons I think they're really creative they're, they're really really inventive and surreal and bizarre and there's some really cool stuff in there so I I've always been obsessed with trying to 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 reboot uh, Coco the Clown uh, but, uh, you know, it's one of those concepts that I haven't actually acted on. Yet. So <laughs> yeah. if anyone out there owns Coco the Clown, let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Uh, <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind. I have a big Coco the Clown fan.
4: Did the Fleischer brothers, didn't they kind of, I don't want to say invent or, but they, they brought to the forefront, the bouncing animation, the bouncing stretch.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were definitely yeah. early in all that stuff, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Where they invented rotoscoping, right. they they had a hand in inventing multiplaning. Almost every major animation invention was the Fleischer's because the thing is they were inventors. Mm-hmm. So they were inventors and draftsmen. So not only were they, you know, doing these drawings and these interesting cartoon drawings, but they were also inventing the process. And and honestly, that's what I love the most about animation, is that it's the it's one of the few art forms that can't exist without technology and i like both i like i like art and i like technology right? it's specifically like engineering and you know inventions right so you know it's not like like music if you strip music down you could listen to someone sing in a room right or if you strip you know painting down it's like somebody you know, or art you know like fine art you know somebody could just draw something and you'll know, take a look at it but with animation, its core concept is that you're watching something at 24 frames per second. So there's inherently a technology there. So um, what's interesting about the innovations of the Fleischers was that they were doing something. They were innovating narr- narr- narrative, right? Like how does a how does a joke work in a cartoon? Like how does how do we make people laugh with a drawing? So they were doing that. They were creating characters. what is so? If we're creating a character from scratch, this person doesn't exist in real life. Well, how do we make them have a personality? How are people gonna know that it's a, it's supposed to be an actual characters? How do we do that? And then lastly, how do we actually make animation? How do you make something that's a drawing look like it's moving? So they were innovating all of those things at once. And I, I'm still to this day, I it's I am the most impressed by you know the, the what these innovators were doing, the Fleischers and Windsor McKay. And I'm a big of Iworks fan. Who's the unsung hero of Disney? And with these people, I, I just feel like what they uh, accomplished in the infancy of film itself, like this would have been like the nineteen, like the 1900 to like 1930, 1940, was like the biggest um, uh, uh, birth of animation. Uh, you know what they were accomplishing? I mean, was unreal, and it was like what they they were at like you know. 200 miles per hour as far as innovations on something that no one had ever even seen before. And I just, I, I, I'm just like absolutely blown away by by what happened in, the, in that era of animation. Yeah. Did, it, it almost
0: did, seems like, uh, like the industry was sort of hitting the brakes on, on quality by the time, you know, the seventies or the late six, like when Scooby-Doo hundred percent. So they said, let's not 100%. put that much work into it. Right.
5: Yeah. Like, I, you know, there's a famous story that, you know... Do you know who Winsor McCay is? You guys familiar with him? No. He did... Um, He was one of the, you know, founding fathers of animation. And he did... Uh, he used to do cartoons called Little Nemo and Slumberland. They were oh, yeah. comics in, okay. like, the newspaper. That was it. He created that. And he created one of the very, very first cartoons ever made, which was called Gertie the Dinosaur. And it was such an early era of animation that it would be played in like vaudeville shows or like, you know, he would, he would play the, the, the films on a stage and he would stand in front of them and present them almost like an oddity. Right. So he would be like, Oh, and look, here it is. It's, it's Gertie, the dinosaur, take a look, you know, take a bow, Gertie. And he would like talk to the dinosaur and to a live audience. So it's really, really interesting. And he was one of the biggest innovators. I mean, he was the one that really figured out that, okay, if I string all these drawings together and everyone's just a little different from the last and you know, eventually they'll just start moving and all that kind of stuff. So he, you know, essentially created animation and then it must have been, he was an old guy by this point, but maybe by the fifties, maybe he, they had, he was just an old guy that like founded this forum. And he went to like a convention they had about animation and he went to speak uh, to all these people that were honoring him with some award and he just went off. He was like, You people are terrible. You've ruined this art form. Uh I made this this wasn't meant to be like animals hitting each other with hammers. This was supposed (laughs) to be like as as equal to the greatest impressionist paintings in the Louvre. Like this could be art. This could be fine art. This is a new way for people to be even understanding animation or understanding information. And and you're, you know, you're having having people throwing each other off of cliffs. This is a disaster. How dare you? What have you done to my art form? So he was mad. He was really mad by 1950. Oh, and and young Dan would have booed
0: him off the stage for, for being a killjoy. <laughs> but now I'm crotchety enough.
5: I hear him. <laughs> it's yeah. It's 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 interesting. It's it's very interesting. I mean, I mean, but then but then look, I love those cartoons. So who knows? I mean, generations are meant to to pass the torch, I guess.
0: Yeah, and they're still. Oh new styles in animation are coming about all the time. Uh, All the time. Which, I guess there's new styles in traditional filmmaking, but you don't get that kind of change
5: bound by so much. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that animation um, styles tend to change a lot, um, whereas I think live-action storytelling changes more than animation.
3: Oh, you know what yes. I mean? It's like,
5: like, in live action, you get a lot more kinds of stories, whether it's, you know, a thriller or a little, you know, a, a mumblecore or, you know, a, you know hard comedy, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, a faux documentary, whatever. Like, I could name a zillion genres of, of, of movie, right? But how many genres of animated movie could you name, right? Like, I literally could name you probably thousands of, of genres of films. With animation, you're going to get okay. You'll have like a kids movie. You have a fantasy. Maybe you have like an action movie. You know, I could probably, you know, I'm sure you could name a bunch, but not, not even in this probably one percent of the of the genres of animated of, of live action features that you see. So I, I do think as much as animation is innovative as far as style, um, I think narrative. I think we could, I think we could break out more. I think there could be a lot more different kinds of of animated storytelling, and I think that's going to happen. Especially yeah. of well, yeah, because of streaming. Yeah, because and everybody's
4: locked down now. It's a good time to, like you said, animation is kind of one of the few things that you can still pump out as far as content, right?
5: Right now, that, yeah. That
4: you can still yeah, make at home sure. without having to go somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what about yeah, uh, like, uh, I... like a, a scanner darkly? It, you know, Linkletter just films Amazing. a movie and then says, all right, now I'm going to yeah. make it animated. Do, is that... Yeah. Where
5: does that lie? What is something like that? Is it more I think it's amazing. And I'm, I'm a huge Linklater fan. And he's just, he's just inherently an experimental person. You know, it's like Boyhood is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it was just incredible. And, and Scanner Darkly is amazing. Um, you know, Slacker is one of my favorite movies of all time as well. But, um, but it's interesting that that came from not an animator. You know what I mean? Like it's that, you know, it, it, even like the, the animated movies that Wes Anderson does, they're, they're, they're a little different. They're a little outside of the mold, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see people flexing their muscle. I'd love to see more, you know, scanner darkly, you know what I mean? I, you know, even, you know, Mr. Fox is a really cool uncommon type of feature film, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But like, it's true. Like I, I will say like, you know, I'm seeing that, you know, it's something I've been complaining about for for, for decades but it's, it's now coming to fruition. I mean, if you put on Netflix, you can actually watch a lot of different kinds of shows. I mean, my biggest challenge for the first 10 years of the studio, which was like the 2000s, was just to convince people that animation wasn't just for kids. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that when I would tell people, oh, I don't really do kids stuff that much. I, I you know, really almost only do adult stuff. They thought I was crazy. It's like, well, where are going to watch that. You know? And thankfully, you know, places like Comedy Central and Adult Swim started showing these types of things. But it was always a, a huge minority of the, of the industry. But then now, if you turn on Netflix, you're going to see BoJack, you're going to see Big Mouth, you know, you're going to uh-huh. see a lot of like different kinds of shows, stuff that's like edgy, adult, you know, you're going to see sitcoms or maybe they're not sitcoms. But then even on the kids side, you're seeing stuff like Hill Day. like you're seeing all this really interesting types of new shows. Um, and that gets me really excited because, I, you know, I, as much as I love animation, I also love live action and I like movies and I like comics and I like all kinds of different things. And I get bored with the same old cartoon and, uh, I'm excited that uh, hopefully we're, we're opening up the floodgates to, you know, a, you know, maybe a second golden age of animation because of streaming, where people are going to be able to, to approach animation more like they did live action where they can say like, okay, what's my hang up? Like, where's the animation David Lynch's? You know what I mean? Where's the animation, uh, Jim Jarmish? Where's, you know, where, you know, like, where are those people? And, and I think you're going to see them coming out of the woodwork as time goes on.
0: Well, if only we knew somebody with their own animation studio where I think
4: we're talking to them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they they
4: might trying. have some influence I'm there.
5: <laughs> I'm trying, I'm doing my best All right, new well, cartoons. I want new cartoons.
0: Well, thank you so much, and uh, also for the record, so do we. But we're counting on you to give them to us. So uh, keep that up. I'll try. <laughs> uh, all right, well, and thanks I, so much. And I this know you've got cartoons to make for us, so I
5: won't. I won't take up uh, any more of your I time. I literally do. I'm hoping you're not here. You guys can't hear all the like uh, slack beeps I'm getting. Are you hearing that? I hope not. Nope because as we're talking I'm hearing it's going bing
3: bing 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 I guess slack is back up and running
5: team of people on slack uh me I got to look at cartoons so I do have to have to go but man and 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 for me for someone that loves animation uh again like you know the the fact that you do a show where they mention Land of the Lost and the Snorks and GI Joe it's you're doing god's work so thank you
4: <laughs> hey thanks Aaron thanks for your time man I really appreciate you awesome. taking cutting some time out for us today Great
0: Yeah stay, this is a lot of fun uh you Year. are exactly the kind of person we want to talk to so when any one of these other projects starts uh, popping up on the on the landscape let us know we'd love to talk again We'll do All right man Have back to work now we're Blake back to work We'll do See you later <laughs> <laughs> Bye man
3: I know Koo, And Cool's teaming up with a good balanced breakfast. Team up with Mr. T. cool
0: <laughs> you know maybe it's just uh especially in today's climate <laughs> i'm listening to old stuff with too critical an ear but did anyone else catch that in a hint of brown sugar bit i,
4: I feel like that oh, yeah. songwriter jingle writer was really working hard on that song like there's a full like there, there's a full <laughs> song in there not just a not just a cereal commercial throw some wheat and cereal together <laughs> And you got some cereal, that's bad. <laughs> Pour some ice and <laughs> you know, in there. Rain is at the but base of the food barrel. Like Mr. T probably got
1: 500 that's grand to cool. go. It's cool. He goes, <laughs> yeah. That's all Mr. T is saying, fool. I'm out of this recording studio, fool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but also, it's like it's like all super tough, right? Teaming up Mr. T. But just to soften it up, they go, with just a with yeah, just a, a touch brown. of brown sugar, brown yeah, just sugar. Like, you just gotta sweeten it up just a little bit. <laughs> like,
3: wow. Why has
0: it gotta
1: be brown uh, sugar?
0: How come it tastes so good? Oh, uncomfortable. Uh, well, that's just. But your, hey, Aaron Augenblick. guys, he's the real wow. deal. That he's was, us he's with, I, I guess, real dedication and drive,
1: and success,
0: and success. <laughs> measured, su- Dare I say. he's had a, <laughs> an animation studio in Brooklyn. Since '99, I don't know how proto hipster you can be, but that's got to be a benchmark. You're right.
2: yeah, I I could only imagine the quality of graffiti he had painted on his walls inside that studio. Yeah,
3: mm. and he probably I'm didn't sure. even have
2: to ask yeah. back then.
3: <laughs> we talked a little is. bit
4: about <laughs> that Zoolander cartoon. So uh, after the sh- after we chatted, I went and watched it, um, and it's pretty hilarious. I highly recommend it. All the get- Pat Naswald is hilarious on it, and it and it really works together as a movie, not just as individual episodes, like you said. So check out that Zoolander supermodel uh, movie that he was talking about.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, I think a lot of, uh, if you go to his website, uh, I'll have it pulled up here in a second. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) com. There it is. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of clips and stuff on there, so it's a really good spot for you guys to kind of get to know him a little bit. Um, he's he's hard to track down on IMDb because you know when it's a yeah. studio like if um, he's Cartoon Illuminati, you know he's behind yeah,
1: the scenes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're not yeah, gonna uh, see
0: his fingerprints.
1: He's like the Men in Black of a uh, you know. I I have a friend who
2: who does. Uh, He lives in L.A. and he does animation like for live action stuff. And so he worked on Batman versus Superman. And I I asked him what he did and he goes, well, you know, that one scene where the Batmobile's wheels are turning and it goes around a corner and he's like, that's me. <laughs> so you don't get credit for that. <laughs> so he just works for a studio and no, he works for an animation studio. It happens to be live action computer animation, but a a movie studio will contract will contract these little scenes out to these other studios and they produce it. And so it's the same thing with our with our guest he does so much animation for so many other things that he, his IMD presence isn't that big, but he's everywhere. This guy has been busy and productive and successful for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you just, you just don't even know it. You don't even know.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. He
0: And, uh, as we discussed in the interview, like he's got stuff that he's sort of helming creatively more coming up. Uh, but traditionally, yeah, he's, uh, he's, mostly been the backer he's been the one like alright let's do it let's get this technical know how down let's make this cartoon that you've got in your head what is your idea uh, me and my boys will draw it out and make it move for you
2: yeah right that's how it works with those guys um, the unsung
1: heroes of the animation world yes, sure. the animators
2: yeah, the actual animator.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the guys that put pen to paper, whether that's virtual or literally. It's yes, usually
0: you know, in yeah. South Korea, but in this case Brooklyn, so
2: you know it comes at a premium. Yeah.
1: That's the South Korea of the United States.
2: <laughs> um he he definitely has his own style too, so when it's when it's like his own stuff, you can definitely tell. Um it's Kind of, uh, I don't know. I, circles. I'm, I'm, th- I'm seeing a lot of circles, a lot of round, a lot of round characters. <laughs> um, yeah. I, don't it, I don't know. I don't know animation. You know? I believe sheets, he uses a famous style sheets. curve. Curve. He does a curve. He does. He does really good curves in his animation. There's a couple of yeah. uh,
1: triangles, a
0: couple squares. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's gashes? that's. Uh, listen, this show is about so much in pop culture, this Saturday morning serial that we love so much. Uh, But yes, it is very directly about cartoons. So we've kind of figured we owed the world an episode just about cartoons. We will talk more about them. Uh, We are eventually going to touch on every single show I ever saw as a kid. But as far as this goes, I would say that's about enough of this. That's what... Enough. Uh, Are are, are we in agreement?
2: Um, um, Unless you really want to talk about Thundar the Barbarian, because that's a long-lost gem of a show, and I would love to Alright, man, absolutely, cut loose But seriously, that's enough of this (laughs) Go ahead, Marky (laughs) So, I was uh, unfamiliar, no, I just, I think it's Yeah, yeah, uh, go on, go on See you next uh, time, everyone Now we know And knowing is half the battle Oh, this is enough of this